It's Thursday, December 10th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Hoynes, the uh, Rule 5 draft just wrapped up, and uh, you feel like you should be uh, bugging out of town with a suitcase. Uh, it, doesn't, <laughs> yeah. uh, it doesn't feel right. You, you, these virtual winter meetings, they, uh, they, they feel kind of funny, but uh, the online uh, Rule 5 draft wrapped up just uh, a little bit ago. Uh, the Indians suffered two casualties, but uh, also made a selection, which I guess shouldn't really be a surprise to anybody. They had three open spots on the 40-man roster. Uh, Trevor, not Tyler, Trevor Steffen uh, from the New York Yankees, right-hander, a big kid, uh, gets picked by the Indians with the number, what, 24 overall uh, selection in the uh, Major League portion of the draft. Uh, so this is a kid who, who I guess looks like he's a – a back end of the rotation starter type? Yeah, yeah, it looks like it, Joe. A lot of strikeouts. Uh, I think, he, what, did he, what did he average, like uh, 10.9 strikeouts mm-hmm. per, uh, per nine innings, low walk rate. Um, and uh, he's pitched in, he was a third round pick in what, 2000? 2017. 2000. Yeah, 2017. The last, uh, last guy I remember coming out of Arkansas was Cliff Lee. So, <laughs> I mean, if he, uh, if he can emulate, uh, Cliff Lee, that'd be okay. I mean, throwing right-handed, of course. Right. Uh, yeah, so he, uh, he actually got demoted back in, what, 2018, uh, bounced around up and down in the, um, the, the Yankees organization between Tampa and Trenton. Uh, he was Trenton's opening day starter in 2019, their double-A uh, uh, affiliate there. So uh, I, I actually did some digging and looked up our uh, sister site over at NJ.com. Uh, talked to a Yankee scout about the possibility of losing Trevor Steffen in the, the Rule 5 draft. Uh, this is what the anonymous uh, scout said. The, the scout spoke on condition of anonymity because he was basically trash talking some of these players. Uh, scout said, I don't know if anybody would take Steffen. Nobody's seen him in a year and a half. When I saw him back then, he wasn't very good. He was ranked on the prospects list ahead of Davey Garcia two or three years ago, but he's no Davey Garcia. He's not Clark Schmidt, and he's not Michael King. I like Miguel Yahir better than Stefan, whose stuff was just generic for me. I graded him as someone who could develop into a back end of the rotation starter in the big leagues, but I doubt he's remotely close to being ready for that role in 2021. So obviously the Indian scouts uh, saw something a little different than this Yankee scout saw uh, in Trevor Steffen, 6'5", 225. uh, And I guess they're hoping that there's something there. What does selecting Steffen, who's got to be on the roster as a, ostensibly as a starter, uh, say that the Indians might have uh, an idea of doing, does this mean Carlos Carrasco could be uh, on (laughs) on the way out relatively soon? Well, you know, I think Carrasco, you know, there's a lot of rumors out there about Carlos. You know, he's, uh, you know, he's an established starter, a proven winner. He came back uh, from uh, leukemia two years ago and had a solid season this past season. Um, you know, and, and I think the price is right. If, if Drew Smiley is getting 11 million a year, you know, Carlos Carrasco at 12 million, 12 million a year for two, two years is a pretty good deal. So I would think, you know that that's a possibility. I, I'd hate to see it happen, but uh, I but I don't think this kid is going to take. If they make a trade for Carrasco, I don't think this kid is going to take his spot. But this he might be able to add depth. And you know, obviously the Indians have seen him. Trenton's in the Eastern League with 
with uh, you know Akron. Uh, so um, you know they, I think they've probably got a pretty good handle on him. And you know they, you know he's obviously he's got a lot to work with build wise, physically. And right. uh, you know they have been known to uh, you know transform some pitchers and, and work some magic with starting pitchers. Yeah, uh, he did have uh, some. Uh, I think he missed like a month of the season in 2019 with uh, some back soreness. So you know that might be something to keep an eye on. But you know, obviously, nothing as bad as like surgery or anything like that. Uh, also, in that major league portion of the draft, the Indians lost uh, right-hander Luis Aviedo. He was taken the ninth selection, I believe, by the Mets. And later on in the 26th selection, the A's took outfielder Kai Tom who was an organizational all-star for the Indians back in 2019, uh, had, had earned invites to Major League Camp back in March and uh, was with the um, alternate site uh, throughout the season this past year. Uh, so losing uh, Aviedo, who really you know, lit the world on fire when he first joined the organization and came, uh, came over from Venezuela, uh, spent a season in the Arizona Rookie League, striking everybody out. Uh, but back back injuries really slowed his progress down. Yeah, what was he? The last time uh, he, he he pitched a full season was Lake County in 2019. He went six and six, and he's I think he's in the top 30. He was one of the number 25 prospects, uh, and he's pitching in in winter ball right now. He's he's doing uh, he's pitching well. So um, you know uh, you know it, it's you know. I don't know. It's it's interesting that you know the the Indians went in did not protect him and and um, uh, so I, I you know I I don't know. I think uh, it's gonna we'll, we'll have to wait and see. There's always a chance that you know the Indians could get, could uh, get him back for half the uh, you know the the draft price. So uh, but you know it's it's an interesting arm and I'm sure you know they didn't protect him last year either. So, uh, you know, there's got to be a reason for that. Yeah, well, I think last year they didn't protect him and weren't really worried about losing him because of the, the back in, uh, injuries and the, the injury concerns really kept teams away from him. But if he proved that he could, you know, survive a season and, and get through whatever, whatever it sidelined him, I think, uh, you know, he's, he's definitely worth the gamble, worth the risk for, for a team like New York. They've got nothing to lose right now. and They, they, uh, they could bring him in. Uh, as far as Kai Tom goes, uh, you know, with with all of the Indians, uh, you know, numbers game in in the outfield with the, you know, the, the sort of log jam, I, I don't think he was ever going to really uh, get a shot to advance to the, to the major league level unless, you know, a lot of injuries and a lot of trades or movement happened. Yeah, you know, and I, I don't, you know, I know uh, he put up some good numbers in what at Akron in 2019. Mm -hmm. He was, you know, really, you know, he doubles, triples, home runs. He did every, a little bit of everything. Um, it would have, you know, we saw, we got to saw, see him a little bit in spring training, but not much. And, uh, but what, 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 I don't know if he had, a, was he a separator? Was he a guy that right. out of all those outfielders, what they had 10, 12 outfielders in camp. And, you know, it, it just seemed like it was hard for anybody to stand out. And uh, he was another guy that I don't think they protected last year either. Right. He uh, led the organization in RBIs, or led the, uh, the farm system in RBIs and extra base hits in 2019. So, uh, and I think he was a double-A all-star that year as well. All right, well, uh, moving away from the Rule 5 draft, the other big news for the Indians this week, uh, I guess it was bigger news for the, uh, the Royals. Uh, 
Carlos Santana signs a two-year, $17.5 million deal to go play first base for the Royals. How do you like this move for Santana and as, as a move for the Royals? Yeah, you know, Joe, you know, I'm glad uh, uh, Carlos, um, you know, obviously he's going to stay in the big leagues, got a good deal. I'm, I'm stunned at the money he got. I, I really am. I, I was surprised. I thought, you know, they must not have been watching the same guy we were watching this, this past season because I love Carlos Santana, but he did not look right to me. He just, you know, offensively, he, he looked like he got old. And maybe maybe it was a slow start. He has, you know, he has a, traditionally, he, he's had some slow starts in, in the past. It was only 60 games. You know, I guess the stat cast number, you know, stats said his hard hit percentage was good. Um, so, you know, so I'm sure the, the uh, Royals looked into that. And that, I guess they got him because they wanted a middle-of-the-order bat. So That's Carlos perfect. has done that. He's had great success at Kauffman Stadium and against the Royals. Yeah, three words, gets on base. That's uh, that's what uh, the the Royals were looking at right there, Carlos Santana, in his career. Uh, even when he's struggling, he still gets on base, and that's what uh, the the Royals are going to hope happens. They're going to move Hunter Dozier uh, back over to third base after uh, letting Michael Franco walk in free agency. Uh, and, and Santana, oh, one thing you know, he's going to play every game uh, for the, the Royals. He will post – and uh, that means 19 games against his uh, <laughs> former team. 19 times we get to see Carlos Santana next season. Uh, and, you know, nothing but good things to say about that guy and, and what he's done for the organization and as a, as a player and a person within the Indians organization. Yeah, I mean, what, tied for fifth in, in, in the franchise history in home runs, second in walks. And as bad as he was offensively last season, he still led the big league, the, the American League in walks, I think, right? <laughs> yeah, he had 47 walks in 60 games uh, and for, I think, 43 strikeouts maybe. But he uh, – 47 walks, and he probably had all those walks by the second week of September because I don't <laughs> think he uh, – I don't think he did much the, uh, the second half of that month. But – Honestly, he was he was on a tear with his walk pace early in the year, uh, and you, you just sort of wondered, you know, uh, why why the batting average was where it was. But uh, maybe maybe he'll have a bounce back season next year. Who knows? Yeah, and I guess so. Uh, the Nationals were in, you know, cl they wanted to sign him too. They were talking to him, and you know, from talking to his agent, um, you know, I guess the Indians were involved. I don't know what to what extent they were involved, but he said they were serious. So. Um, you know, the, I, so it shows you that they were trying to keep him, but I just, you know, Carlos would have been crazy to turn down that contract. He had to, he had to take that contract. Right. You know, and, and when he first came back uh, two years ago uh, with the trade uh, back from Seattle, uh, you, you, he said, this is my home. I love being here and all that. There was maybe a, a hope that there was a chance to sign him on a discount, but you know, that, that money, that 17.5 is basically what he would have been getting spread out over two years that's basically what he would have been getting this year if uh, the indians had picked up his options so right right, right. Uh, another departure from the indians uh uh minor league coordinator uh tony manzalino who had been the uh triple a manager a couple seasons ago uh this year had filled in at third base for uh, mike sarbaugh as sarbaugh moved over to be sandy alomar's bench coach on an interim basis uh, Manzalino is now going to coach third base for the Orioles uh, over there. 
Uh, so uh, tough to lose a guy like Manzalino, who I guess uh, had the respect of the players for sure. Yeah, definitely. Spent a lot of, what, 11 years in the minor league system with the Indians. He was a hitting coach, the manager. Uh, you know, he, he led uh, to, uh, Columbus to the International League Championship, I think, in uh, 2019 uh, before becoming a, uh, the infield coordinator for, for the minor league system. So this is a big, you know, big step for him. Uh, and, uh, you know, job well done. And uh, hopefully he has a lot of success with the Orioles. Well, being the infield coordinator with the Indians, the one thing that he probably, the one challenge that I guess he won't get to take on is trying to convert uh, Framil Reyes to a first baseman. Is that we, we've seen the video, we've seen him working out in the Dominican, Framil Reyes entertaining uh, delusions of grandeur that he can put on a first base glove and just go over there and pick it. Uh, uh, Lindsay, what do you think when you saw that video of, of <laughs> I was in there. I just I just remember whenever you know Terry Francona was asked about Reyes playing first base. I mean, and, and Reyes is what six six five two hundred seventy five. Yeah. I mean, he looks like the prototypical first baseman, you know. And but whenever we asked him about that, you know, it was almost like Tito broke into a cold sweat. He just said no. It was like no, he can't <laughs> play there. So, like maybe Fran Mill, God love him, you know, he's, he's trying to increase his versatility, but I think they got to see him in right field first before he goes to first base. I just, uh, I, I, I hearken back to the scene in the movie Moneyball where uh, um, <laughs> Brad Pitt and, uh, is, is playing Billy Bean and, and Billy Bean and Ron Washington go and sit down in Scott Hatterberg's living room yeah. before Christmas. And they, they tell him, you know, we want you to play first base. And he'd been a catcher all his career. And, and Hatterberg looks at uh, Ron Washington and says, how hard is it to, to make the switch over to, to, to first base? And Brad Pitt goes, oh, it's not hard. And Ron Washington looks up and he goes, it's extremely hard. <laughs> yeah, it's the <laughs> hardest thing you'll ever do in your career. Yeah, so, that was great. That was a great scene. Billy Bean goes, you could do that. Just, you could do that in your sleep. And Ron Washington said, no, you can't. No. So yeah, it's it's one of my favorite scenes from that movie. But uh, uh, that's sort of what the the whole thing, you know. It, but but Framel, I somehow I can just see big smile on his face and him somehow, you know, at some point just like bothering somebody enough to maybe like in spring training or something like that go over there and take a few ground balls. I don't know. Maybe it happens. Yeah, you know, we were talking before. I mean. It would really help the Indians if he could do that. I mean, that, that would be great. Yeah, just imagine the, the lineup versatility that, that if you could just put him over there for, you know, 50 games, something like that, maybe it would be really good. But who knows? All right, moving on. Uh, the uh, latest Francisco Lindor trade rumor of the day, again, uh, heating up. We're, we're seeing more action and more talk of Lindor to Toronto. We talked about it on Tuesday, but – uh, no real new developments, just, uh, you know, a, a lot of mentions and, and stuff of the possibility. I, the Jays have now been linked to uh, possible interest in Justin Turner at third base, so they could be reworking their uh, entire left side of the infield if they're going to put um, uh, Vlad Jr. over at first. So, so who knows, uh, you know, what we've seen. What's the timetable, do you think, on, uh, you know, Francisco Lindor trade news. Do you, do, you, do you see anything happening before the holiday? 
Oh boy, you know, I, you know, I keep waiting. I think, you know, they've had so much time to do this and, uh, you know, and they obviously have to make a deal. It's either Carrasco or, or Lindor. They've got to free up some payroll to, so they can, you know, put this team together. Uh, and I think it could happen at any time, Joe, I really do. Uh, will it happen before Christmas? I, I'm not sure, but, you know, I, I'm sure they would like to get it done, you know, either right, right at, you know, before Christmas or right after it, but it could also go, you know, that they really, I think they'll just wait till the best deal is, is presented. Christmas is on a Friday this year, I believe. So we're, uh, we're sure. yeah, I, I think so. We're, uh, we're looking at the, yep. Friday, Friday, the 25th, Christmas, maybe, uh, you know, five o'clock on the 23rd, we'll see a, a news dump there, uh, the Indians <laughs> trade. Uh, just, uh, that's, that, that's how it usually works out. All right. Uh, award season, uh, slowly but surely wrapping up the all MLB first team. Uh, we talked about it on Tuesday, but, uh, Shane Bieber, uh, kind of a no brainer there, uh, headliner on the rotation for the all MLB first team, five starters, including Trevor Bauer, Jacob deGrom, uh, Max Freed and you Darvish, uh, the five starters there. Uh, not a real surprise that, that Ramirez, uh, Jose Ramirez was a second teamer. Manny Machado got the first team nod, uh, Ramirez second team. And, uh, the, the one that kind of surprised me was Brad hand, uh, making second team as a, as a closer, one of the two closers on the second team for the all MLB honors. What'd you make of uh, Brad hand getting recognized for his work in the 2020 season? Yeah, I think it was well-deserved and I was surprised as you, like you, Joe, I thought, you know, when he, you know, he's, he's kind of been uh, pushed to the background here. You know, I, he doesn't throw, you know, a hundred miles an hour. And uh, although, you know, he was 16 for 16 with saves, led the big leagues. Um, it, he did not get a lot of, you know, play. It didn't seem like, and we, we really haven't heard a lot of his, uh, a lot of his name being, uh, you know, you know, uh, a lot of rumors about Brad Hand being uh, flying around this off season. I, I don't think the whole relief, you know, this closer market is still, kind of stagnant. So, you know, maybe that'll break up, break free in a little bit, but yeah, I was, I was uh, surprised he got number in, made the second team and I was happy for him. Okay. And one more award that, uh, you know, happened this week, uh, was announced Al Michaels, a very deserving, uh, winner of the Ford C Frick award, which is sort of the, uh, broadcasters version of the, uh, hall of fame, uh, honor that's, uh, that's given to, um, the writers on the with the JG Taylor Spink Award, but the Frick Award went to Al, Al Michaels uh, more than 20 years as a as a major league broadcaster with uh, a bunch of different clubs, including the the Reds and the Giants. Uh, what do you think of Michaels getting the uh, the Frick Award? You know, I thought it was I thought it was great. I thought it was well deserved. Uh, you know, I listened to his uh, you know being interviewed uh, on MLB Network the other day, and he got to start doing. Triple A baseball in in Hawaii in the Pacific Coast League. Oh, wow. How would you wow. like to do that? That's that's a kind of a tough assignment, isn't it? But I guess the travel would be crazy. You know, if you, if you're well, if you're flying back and forth to uh, California and Arizona every day. But well, the the travel would be crazy, and the the rainouts must be insane as well. I mean, what what do you? They can't have a a consistently dry week there if uh, if they tried. Um, wow. Yeah. That that that's that's cool. I. <laughs> I guess 
for me, the, the biggest memory of Al Michaels in baseball was back that, that 89 World Series when the, the earthquake happened and he got on the air and, and just sort of spoke from the heart uh, when, when they came back to, to continue playing. Uh, I just, uh, you know, that stands out as a, as a moment where, uh, you know, it's bigger than being a broadcaster, bigger than doing, doing just a game, I guess. Um, one of the things that Bob Costas, who's a, a former Frick Award winner, um, is sort of spearheading is the idea that they want to sort of change the process of how they induct some of these old timers who are eligible for the award. But, you know, as the cycle uh, for voting comes up, they, they sort of, um, you know, get passed over. Why not just induct uh, a bunch of these guys posthumously so that you can continue to uh, induct more modern guys like Al Michaels like a, a guy like a Tom Hamilton who could could is very deserving and should be in at some point, but you'd like to be able to to see Tom at the at the podium accepting that award and not have to wait 20 years uh, to to do that. Uh, Hawk Harrelson getting in, uh, you know, a couple of years ago. I, I think I believe he was he's the the 2020 honoree, correct? Yeah, yeah he'll be yeah, honored so. this this year because uh, last season was postponed. So Harrelson and Michaels will both go in. So. So yeah, I mean, I, the idea that maybe you you change it up so that the these guys who we we talk to are here now uh, should be getting their chance to get in now. Yeah, I think that's a great idea, Joe. I think uh, you know you kind of uh, clear the backlog, you know, Dizzy Dean and all those guys, and and uh, you know, to give them their just due, and uh, then you know turn the page over so you can be a little more, you know, uh, um, just. Uh, I mean, contemporary, and uh, I think you know the hall. The hall did this with the Negro Leagues uh, players a few years back. They inducted uh, several players, and uh, you know I thought that that was a good move. And they could do something similar with with the broadcasters. Yeah, I mean, they could do it with the broadcasters and the writers, as far as I'm concerned. But uh, yeah, so it'll be interesting to, just to see if uh, if Costas is successful. We know he uh, he has a lot of pull with. Uh, the, uh, the folks there at, uh, at the Hall of Fame and in the, the MLB network. So uh, maybe something will get done in that regard. All right, uh, another, uh, another exciting week of, uh, of hot stove news, I guess, but we're still waiting for the, uh, the big shoes to drop, Hoinsey. Uh, at some point, we gotta get some movement on this Lindor situation and we'll, uh, we'll see what the roster is gonna shape up like uh, heading into 2021. Joe, what, how would you feel? Let me run this by you. What if they, they trade, they trade Carrasco and keep Lindor and open the 2021 season with Lindor and then either, either ride him out or trade him at the, at the, at the, the deadline. That, that, that looks like it might be the way that they're going. If, if, uh, if they can't get the deal that they want right now and, and who knows, uh, it, it would definitely solidify the, the, the middle of your lineup for the beginning of the season. But if they do that, if they trade him by the deadline, then, that's a, uh, I mean that they're rebuilding for sure. Yeah, right there. you're not going to get your the, what the you second want. half. The second half of the season is going to be unwatchable if that's the case. Yeah, so I don't know. It's just another another option, you know. And we'll we'll see. I I still think deep down they they've got to trade him now. Right. You know, he's not going to open the season. I I think that they're the the rumor or the the stated purpose that's out there is that they intended to or want to trade him before the season starts. 
but I don't think they're going to compromise on what they want to get for him. So if that's the case, then maybe waiting until the trade deadline will be the, the, the best way to go, whatever it is. uh, I think Chris Antonetti and Mike Chernoff have earned the sort of uh, the respect, not, not earned the respect, but just earned the opportunity to, to, to do this their way and, and uh, you know, make the decision. Uh, that they think is best for the team. I, I think they've they've earned it. They have a track record that shows that they're that they can thread this needle and stay competitive uh, while making these trades. Yeah, I think you're right. Definitely, definitely. And, and Joe, I just wanted to say a shout, a shout out to Bert Grafe. You know, our old uh, PD uh, buddy is recovering from a stroke in uh, Tucson, Arizona, where he lives. And uh, I think he's making good pro- progress. But you know, Bert wrote sports for for the plane dealer for years and years was on the Indians beat and for the Cleveland press, he covered the tribe and I just hope he's uh, doing well. I think he's from everything I've heard, he's, he's on the road to recovery, but here's wishing him a uh, Merry Christmas. Well, I had not heard that, uh, you know, best wishes and get well, Bert. Uh, hope uh, everything's going well as well. All right, Hoinsey, we will be back with another edition of the Cleveland baseball talk podcast uh, Tuesday next week. And we'll talk to you then.